consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a podcast that promotes gasoline and water conservation while recognize the credo that when two men enter, only one man shall leave. If we bust a deal, we have to spin the wheel. <laughs> My name is Greg. And I'm Genius McGee. And on today's podcast, we are looking at the post-apocalyptic genre and reviewing the 2015 gem, Turbo Kid. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, so good, so good. But before we get started, let me remind you that we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And not only will you find our podcast and past episodes there, but you will find a variety of other podcasts, including Boom Howdy, mm-hmm. uh, Control-Alt-Delete. And if the the, the website there's yourself is not your flavor, we can also be found on uh, SoundCloud. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead. You're yeah. good to go. We're, you'll find us anywhere. We're like, we're like Visa or everywhere you want to be. I was going to say we're like that bad rash that you know, you'd know you get rid of if you could just stop scratching it, unfortunately. <laughs> ointment. <Or> the, <laughs> ointment. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the internet is truly the ointment. Um, so on today's episode, we are looking at the post-apocalyptic genre. And already I can just, I can hear it. I can feel it. You know, there's the, this is a horror podcast. Yeah. And so I'm sure there are going to be some people that are like, well, um, why are you talking? <laughs> why are you talking about post-apocalyptic? Because that is its own genre. It's not horror. And I don't make, I can understand that argument in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, is it, is it action? Is it sci-fi? Is it fantasy? Why are we talking about it within a horror podcast? So my initial justification of it is, it's a fucking horrific setting. Right. It is a scenario that I don't know about you, but it was something that was very real for me growing up in the 80s. Mm, with the Red Scare. Yes, and absolutely. all that, like... The nuclear, nuclear. fallout mm-hmm. that could happen if, you know, we decided to launch nukes. What yeah. happens, we're all fucked. Right. And, I mean, the, the apocalypse is a scary situation itself. I mean, The Walking Dead is basically a zombie apocalypse. There could be a robot apocalypse. There could be, like, comets crashing to Earth, you know? The horror is something that can kill you beyond your control. That's apocalypse in a nutshell. Oh, absolutely. You know? uh, the, the idea of cannibalism. Mm-hmm. There's uh, just a number of scenarios that. Now, I will say this. Um, one of the things that really scared me growing up, beyond just horror movies in general, right. were some of those films that dealt with the, and it wasn't even necessarily post-apocalyptic, but it was like the days leading up to it, including, I don't know if you'd seen it, The Day After Tomorrow. Mm. Oh yeah, with the uh, with the dog. Yes, it's the one that was filmed in Lawrence, Kansas, actually, mm-hmm. starring uh, Steve Gutenberg back in the day. But the goot, the goot, the goot. Before he uh, he had uh, hit his uh, his hit his stroll with the Police Academy films, but Mahoney. those are those are the films that scared the shit out of me mm-hmm. because they depicted something that was very real. Yeah. Uh, there was a UK film called Threads. That's another one that is very very scary. Hmm. That uh, and there's another one called When uh, When the Wind Blows. Yeah, no, I heard of it When the Wind Blows. I, that's pretty rough. Uh, they're, they're they're scary to me, and yeah. those were actually they were more horrific than the movies I was watching at the time that were classified as horror. Mm-hmm. You know, because like. It could be real. Exactly. You know, it could really happen. I mean, we don't live in Haddonfield or Springwood. There's not going to be any, like, killers coming after us. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've, we, we hope I, I do not, internet dating, so who knows? Might have some stalkers out there. But um, El Genius underscore on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. A, and, uh, yeah. You're going to end up with a bathtub, man, <laughs> with a little I'm missing stit, my kidneys. Yep. Uh, you know what? As long as they don't take my liver, because that's been long destroyed. I think they would return that one. Hold on to the <laughs> yeah, receipt right. if you take it. <laughs> this is the worst. First Christmas ever. <laughs> Sorry, kids. We had to go discount there. Right. Uh, but there's also, and this is the one that really freaked me out, was there was a, it was kind of like a faux documentary on Nostradamus. 
I don't know if you ever saw that one either, but it was basically him talking about his prediction on mm-hmm. the Third World War and how it would just decimate everything. And it was one of those that was on HBO constantly, almost more than fucking Beastmaster. You know, oh, wow. it was just, yeah, that tells you something. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those I remember because I thought it was a real documentary. Uh-huh. I thought it was legit. And it was, was it a faux documentary or was it like it was basically, one I mean, man's take on Nostradamus? It was, it was. And, you know, they're talking about how, you know, some of his predictions have come true or how they right. actually interpreted that because that's huge with that whole concept is the interpretation of what he was talking about mm-hmm. but they talked about um, a man that started he started in the middle east he yeah. wore a blue turban and he would you know bring hellfire upon us and it was and then everybody i remember people saying like oh the nostradamus is talking about saddam hussein and yes. blah 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 blah, blah and, you oh, know. even now they're saying it's obama, obama. thanks obama everybody has to filter their own piss to drink drinking water because we're in the apocalypse thanks obama if kevin costner can do it so can i you know (laughs) if it's good enough for tin cup but it's that 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 shit scared me man because for some reason i interpreted it as the third world war was going to start in stanley kansas like that's how i heard that (laughs) like red dawn I don't know if I've ever told you my Red Dawn contingency plan that I had growing up. Yeah. Where I, so we, we watched the shit out of Red Dawn. You of know, course. Inspired us, Wolverines, everything in between. My dad had a gun cabinet that he did not know I knew where the key was. And so we would run scenarios, me and my buddies back in the day, yeah. where we would just be playing in the backyard and we go, what happens when we see the planes pass by and the parachutes start dropping down? We go, this is what we do, man. So we'd go, we'd get the key, we'd unlock the door, we'd get the guns, and we we're like, okay, where do we go? We're going to go to the playground because we know the playground really well and we can set up guerrilla warfare tactics there. Nice. And I mean, we had... Nice. <laughs> we, were, we were ready, man. I mean, it the was... Stanley Kong. Oh, just yeah. like, <laughs> out in the woods... We were, and we were the Stanley Wildcats. So we were like, Wildcats! <laughs> it was embarrassing because we, but we, I mean, we held You're true. On it, yeah. oh, we were on, like, if that shit went down, we would have been dead instantly, yeah. but we would have gone down guns a blazing. Yeah. But little things like that, I mean, I was, I was attuned to it. I was like, I'm prepared for it. And so. Do you have an apocalypse plan now? You know, I, yeah, it's just shit my pants and really? take a cyanide capsule. Oh, I do. I got a, like, full elaborate. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to storm Cabela's and turn that into a fortress. A fortress? I was gonna, yeah. Are you going to just fort- fortify it? it's got food, it's got guns, it's got um, entertainment, because you don't want to go insane in the apocalypse, you know? That's true. Now, is the, the Cabela's down, I think there's one in Leewood that actually has a climbing wall, so you could actually, you know... Or fortify that? Yeah. yeah. You know, that'd be... Oh, that's actually... That's not a bad idea, but... My main concern with that is how many other people are going to be doing that as well. Well, I'll have to fight them off. Yeah, that's just it, Or man. I could, like, you know, rally. I could be like, you know, together we can take this. Can you dig it? You know? So. I can see you have that presence about you. I think you could actually get away with <laughs> be that. Be the governor. Just get an Absolute power, man. Yeah. It's going to corrupt you. See, that's my big thing is I know myself as, you know, in as many films as I've watched, as knowledgeable as I am regarding the scenarios, I know myself. And I would shit my pants. Just, I would just, I would cower, man. And, you know, Amy and I have talked about it. We're like, yeah, we would probably just maybe inject ourselves with the finest heroin we could find and just OD and phase out, man. Go out transporting style. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Transporting. Um, As long as we don't have to dig in that toilet, we're good. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I, it's just one of those things that anymore, I, I, I don't have the time to think about it. It sucks. And I think also what upsets me is the fact that everyone has their zombie apocalypse thing lined up, which back in the day, I had one of those, mm-hmm. but now with that oversaturation of the zombie lore, yeah. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. So the great thing about my Cabela's plan <laughs> is like it can zombie apocalypse, cannibal apocalypse, nuclear apocalypse, whatever. Cabela's is where it's at. At first I was thinking Sam's Club, 
but or like one of those twenty four hour WalMarts, but sure, too many sure. entrances and exits. Yeah, and that's and, the thing. You got to cover your ass. Yeah, and Cabela's has more ammo. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. it does come down to that's my biggest thing with The Walking Dead is where are they finding all this ammunition? Because yeah. they are wasting a shit ton of bullets, well, man. Like, like Woody Harrelson said in a Zombieland, "God bless rednecks." Rednecks. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> this is there, America. There is definitely no shortage of ammunition. Because <laughs> we sadly. are in Kansas, so. <laughs> well, no, Kansas City, Kansas City. Oh, come that's on now, true. Kansas now Kansas City. on just just a knock away, which is good. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of frightening to think about that. Um, that's good to know then if that if that does go down uh, hopefully cellular plans are still in existence and i give For you a, a call little bit, yeah like yeah. are you selling cabela's fuck yeah, yeah come on in Get listen on. to convoy like this big ass bus with like fucking spikes and like a cow catcher in absolutely front. running down people Flame right throwers. yeah gta motherfucker and just like pounding and just unmercifully uh, and i my, my biggest problem with the apocalypse scenario is all the people that are waiting for that just to indulge in their inner sickos doomsday man. preppers man jesus christ yeah. man i mean they're waiting for it you yeah. know they're just like every scenario is like boom is it is it happening right, is it happening right. can we do it man calm down a squirrel just hit the transformer it's fine it's, it's not fine. the doomsday whistle it's the first wednesday of the month those are the tornado sirens you're good the tornado sirens always threw me off as a kid man it was like because <laughs> you're like oh shit yeah. that's what always frightens me in those films where it's that utter silence and stillness and then the sirens going off and yeah. that's whether it's like a world war ii movie you know where the bombs are incoming or anything like that but that kind of siren that that stillness oh that again instills terror within me real world terror that can actually happen that you're not finding in those horror movies yeah so we've got i think for the most part we can we can justify yeah, the you know, horror the post-apocalyptic you as know horror. as it's ties yeah. with horror so let's look at and shit there are a just a again a shit ton of good post-apocalyptic movies mm -hmm. now in terms of their horror value i don't know that's again subjective but Man, let's just start right off the bat. The Mad Max trilogy, yeah. soon to be a quadrilogy. Yeah, oh, I see. know. Which, don't worry, regardless of one podcast or another, yeah, we're going to talk about talking it. Talking about Mad Max, but that is the one that I initially, I think, started with, and that kind of introduced me to the idea of a post-apocalyptic world. I think that definitely is one of the ones that set the standard. That's like, everything's just decimated, nothing but wasteland. Yes. And, and it started early enough where like everybody's like, yeah, we could see that happening. And that's just it. It's, it laid the template yeah. for a lot of those. And then everybody else was like, we ain't been slack, Captain Walker. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, 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 I know the third one has its detractors, but I'll, I'll defend it to this day. Fuck yeah. Dude. You know, even with the kids, you know, mm -hmm. with all that silliness, I, I still I like it. Yeah. yeah. And that's which I'm, Curious to see how Tom Hardy does as Max. I, from what I've seen, looks great. Looks phenomenal. I just like like, Gondodome, take back your city. <laughs> you merely adopt the apocalypse. I was I born was in bored. it, raising it. I didn't see Auntie Anthony till I was almost a man. <laughs> There's, I, I, I guess it's hard to separate that. Uh, you know, in honesty, I've, I don't think I've watched um, the Dark Knight. Is it? Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I don't think I've watched it all the way through one time. Really? really? I know, really? and I, I know that kind of, you know, your question's my geek cred. I liked it, I, but I think the, the problem with it is, like, there was no way it could live up to the Dark Knight. Sure. I mean, just this 
it was that movie was phenomenal, and that's one I've seen several times. So. Yeah, so well, we'll see. I I think Tom Hardy has the gravitas to pull yeah, off Max. I think so. You know, I'll ask you this: Would you have liked to have seen uh, Mel Gibson return as an elderly Max? You know, I think it would have been cool. Yeah, I think it would have been. Can, like... Can you separate the the art from oh, the yeah. artist? Oh, okay, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I can still listen to a Michael Jackson record and walk by a Kinder Care, okay, and be okay so with I, that. Yeah, I think I can separate the two. Yeah, that's uh, you know, <laughs> while watching Woody Allen while going by an adoption right. agency. You know, it's like eh, that works. It's fine. You don't have to separate them. Um, there's also uh, you know some recent ones like The Road. Yeah, that's a depressing ass movie right there. That's desolate that's, as fuck. It's a, it feels real. It, like that yeah. shit would really happen. There's that really great scene in that one where I think it, it's the initial bang or whatever it is, and we don't see it, mm-hmm. but we see it's Viggo Morganston, and he and he reacts and he starts running the water in the tub. And you don't know what he's reacting to, but it's frightening. Yeah. And that's that's that horrific element because it was real. Mm-hmm. And that, I'd say The Road, is a good horror movie. Um, the Book of Eli? The Book of Eli, yeah, that's absolutely. That's, I finally that's got around bad, seeing that's that one. That's a badass movie, man. And that has a cast, a, a great cast. you got Gary mm-hmm. Oldman, Denzel yeah. Washington kicking ass. Fuck yeah. Dude, Denzel Washington, I mean, he's fine in like The Preacher's Wife and stuff where he plays like action heroes. He was fine in Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. But when Denzel Washington can have full license to be a full-on badass... That's my Denzel Washington right there. I would even go like Noir Denzel and like Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh, uh, some, oh of those old, some of those old school nice, Denzels. Nice, yeah. He's, he's versatile, man. Yeah. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I think so now. You think so? I think, think now. Are... I think people are like, oh, Denzel Washington. And like people, like the ladies like, ooh, Denzel, Lord. I, only only man to make me moist, the <laughs> Denzel Washington. Fuck, I you know I'm not gonna say you know he's not he's not my Sam Elliott list yet, but <laughs> he's, he's knocking he's, on the door right. right you know, he's, he's not like if Sam, Sam turns Elliot, me down. I like your style, dude. You know, just like okay. Finally got around to watching an X Files. It was a uh, uh, the modern Prometheus one, uh-huh. uh, and they have a clips of the uh, the Frankenstein monster watching Mask. And I couldn't help but I started laughing because I thought of your reactions to it, man. And that movie's so funny. It's not a funny movie, man. It's tragic and sad. Yeah, I and know, but it's just so funny. The full <sighs> fun. You're beautiful inside and out, rocking in it. My mom says I look like a lion. You know, it's just like <laughs> a fucked up lion. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I digress. Any, anytime to you all feel- my listeners of the Rocky Dennis syndrome, send the- me your pictures and then let me apologize to you personally. The, the man couldn't help himself. Uh, now another good one, and this is very much in the vein of a cult classic, but um, Night of the his- Comet. Oh no, okay, no, boom, let's do two. Night of the Comet. Uh, I with, love that movie with the Valley Girl aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Daddy would have bought us Uzis. Uh, complaining about Mac Tins. Yeah, the mall culture scene. Yeah, I mean that's a specifically eighties movie. Th- very much so. And where, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, no. Yeah. But it, it's it's that's what you would have done in the eighties is you would have gone to the mall to the just mall. like they did. Yeah. That's man. I haven't seen that in a while though, and I I had heard I had a friend of mine rewatch, and he's like it didn't hold up as well. You know what? I thought it was okay. Did you? I, okay. Because it was on. Um, it came on cable. I forgot what fucking channel. One of the like, like encore. Or okay, okay. Like on a Sunday morning, but I was uncut, hung, unedited. Yeah, un- yeah. Like okay, that's, the real deal. That's the only way I, I watch movies. I will. I refuse to watch even my favorite movies. I refuse to watch movies that are edited. It's just something fucked up about it. There's, there, you can have fun with those. You can't. The only one that I really enjoyed edited was uh, Big Lebowski, <laughs> because he's like, you see what happens when you feed a stranger scrambled eggs, Larry. Do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps, yeah, Larry? Yeah, the stranger you know, in the that's Alps one. Funny. There's uh, Coming to America has a really good edit where um, in the in the original unedited, it's um, 
don't, um, your rent's due, motherfucker, and mm-hmm. don't fall, do, pull that falling down the stairs shit. You conscious? In the edited version, it's um, your rent's due. Sorry, sucker. Don't be full, pulling that falling down the stairs stuff. You conscious? Mm. Shoot. And it's almost funnier. Really? Than the yeah, yeah. I have had enough of these. these Mother Friday, no Monday Friday snakes on my monkey fighting plane. At least they 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 switched it up rather than yeah. repeating the the Monday Friday is pretty good. Though. Yeah, pretty I won't good. lie. But the no the the Buffalo Bill. Would you marry me? Oh God! Would you marry? I'd that, marry. Is me. that what he does? Mm-hmm. I'd marry me so hard. You know, I, I, that's kind of funny. She's a I great mean, big fat person. She's yeah. a great big fat person. Uh, the other size fourteen. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Oh, that's a. Uh, we can do an entire '90s horror thing yeah. based on that. Um, but the other one I was thinking about was A Boy and His Dog, with Don Johnson back in the day, which is one of those I have not seen in ages. Doesn't Don Johnson come to Casey a lot? I mean, he has like either family or friends here in the area, and I heard rumors that he's like here all the really? time. Really? Yeah. I'd, I'd have to seek that out, man. You know who else did uh, came in before he died? Ernest. Hmm. Really? Ernest used to come down to Bonner Springs because he had friends over at Lake of the Forest. Really? Yeah. Oh man, that would have been so awesome. I was just like, "Hey Vern, hey Vern, hey Vern, guess oh, what? You know, that poor guy. You, you know, you hasn't heard that a million well, fucking well, times. I sing the song. I'm so glad it's raining when he's like singing and he's crying and the and Ernest goes to camp. camp. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, poor, poor Vern. Yeah. Um. So obviously a long list, um, a good list of yeah. post-apocalyptic films to pull from. So. Which brings us to a little segment we're going to call Membership Have its, Has Its Privileges, mm-hmm. because being part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network, Boom Howdy. we are privy to occasionally having some special screenings, getting in some movies early that have not been released yet, and we were privy to such a screening. Yes. Last night, we got to see the film Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid fucking rocked, man. It's, it is... I'm, I'm going to give you just kind of a really quick synopsis of Turbo Kid here. Uh, Turbo Kid is the story of the kid, as he's called in the script. Uh, scaven- he's a scavenger trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic society where water is scarce and danger lurks behind every corner. It's, you know, pretty much your standard, standard. scenario that yeah, you'll find. insert t- movie title here. Yes, but the thing with Turbo Kid is it's... And I'm trying to think of the best way to put it is it's it's pure nostalgia. Yeah, it's an homage. It's very much so because they're basically trying to pull from all some of the, the films we the very films we talked about, mm-hmm. the sweet spots from those, yeah. and put it into a film that I think you have to be a certain age. Yeah, there's a definite cutoff. If you're over 25, you'll love this movie. Absolutely. But if, if you're under 25, maybe 24, or you, at least you, you're kind of cool with the hip nerdy 80s culture sure you'll enjoy this movie but like i think if like i sat down an 18 year old and be like hey watch this movie they'll be like what the fuck is this this movie's dumb as shit because there i it's it's very weird and wacky i mean and the way it opens is it's a kid and it's a key the it's his name and he's the kid in the script his name is monroe chambers uh, couldn't probably portray it around. He's probably about like 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things in this movie is there are no cars. There's no gas. Everyone gets around on bikes. But the best, well, the, what really sold me, like, and I know when I'm going to enjoy this movie is like at the beginning, the earth has been destroyed by war and bombings. Water is scarce. This is the future. This is the year 1997. 1997. And I was like, fuck yeah! Only in 2015 can we get a movie where the future is 1997. Which I think really tells you all you need to know on that. Right. 
But I will say one of the things that really got me though, that really kind of turned me was in the midst. He's now he's riding a BMX bike and it's got mag wheels. So, I mean, they're going authentic. Pegs. Lucky. Lucky. (laughs) But a a particular little um, music cue came in that had me. What you're hearing is Stan Bush. Thunder in your heart. Now, some of you may be familiar with this song because it is from a little movie from 1986 called Rad, directed by Hal Needham, which is all about BMX and freestyling. And seeing Hal Needham movies. Oh no, trust me. Yeah, no, I, I know me my Hal Needham. But there's a great thing because he's he he goes off a sweet jump, and there's a little bit of a freeze frame, and that music kicks in, and that's for me when my smile went from wide to fucking rictus. You know yeah. where I was like, oh. They're, they're, they're this is the out. 80s. <laughs> oh, my God. It's gloriously 80s. Yeah. So that for me was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm good. So you start seeing the cast call. And I'm like, don't know that. Don't know that. Don't know that. And then, and Michael Ironside. And I remember I'm like, dude, we are in for a treat. We basically looked at each other like, yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> you throw Michael Ironside in a film, you get, at least for me, you get instant, not necessarily credibility, but where I'm going to go, oh, shit, I'm, I'm going to be invested in this because right. I want to see what he does. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a man, like he's, man's actor. He, oh, yeah. He's one of those men's men. Yeah. Um, he's, good Lord, think about the genre films that man has been in and defined. Um, Scanners. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Space Hunter, Beyond the Forbidden Zone. Uh, Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. He was the voice of. Oh, I'm trying to remember in the jail jail U cartoons. I want to say either Dark Side, um, or um, uh, oh shit, who is the other main? Uh, not bringing Ap- non-apocalypse. Apocalypse. No, apocalypse. Apocalypse is, is in the X Men universe, but he was one of the main baddies in that film as well. So I mean, the man has gravitas. Yeah. You know, I mean that to me it adds a little authenticity, mm-hmm. some it, credibility. Yeah, it gives it a little bit boosts that low budget nobody factor to like a pretty high and that's the thing is um you know this film was co-written and co-directed by three people um and i'm gonna have to look at my notes yeah here. good luck with those because i was like those are not english letters no they are not it's uh, uh francois simard <laughs> anouk wissel <laughs> johan carl wissel yeah johan it's I, and, <laughs> and a so, guy named hans and the guy that's a real hans. christian name huh anderson uh-huh. I'm Christian Anderson. A little burb shout out. And here's the cool thing is Anouk and Johan are actually, they act in the film. They're the kids' parents that we see in the flashback oh, scene. really? Yeah. The whole so uh, Tulsa Doom. The, the Conan yeah. backstory, basically, yeah. that we get. Uh, so they they wrote it, directed it, and acted in it, man, which I fucking love. They have to be our age. They have to be our I age. was scouring IMDb to find out their age. They do look, they're young. They look like they're our age. And like you said, they have to based yeah. on... The, the thing that they wrote and created yes the, just the yeah and this is a love letter in mm. many ways oh, yeah. to to to, the, I, to, the, to our youth to our man youth. oh I, i'm just and trying to get into it um without giving away too much is uh like i said the kid is out and about scouring he's trying to survive water is scarce uh one of the great scenes is he's going into that little uh little town village and you see these dudes arm wrestling and uh, for some reason, arm wrestling is a, it's not necessarily a major plot point, but it's something they introduced to it. Right. Which I don't know if that's, you know, an homage to over the top. I think so. I think it, I think it had to have been. Which I, I and again, I love because it was nonsensical. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, why is this in there? Why the fuck not? You don't be a champion by backing down. Oh, and you get 
you get the loner, you know, who uh-huh. takes the loner, the, kid. the loner cowboy, Australian loner cowboy. Oh, and that Total means Mad Max. Yes, that means yeah. he's a badass. Yeah, and that's the thing. It uh, looked like the film was shot um, in Australia and as well as Canada as well. So it was a kind of a two part shoot, mm-hmm. and I I really thought the setting was well the uh, the the set itself. But see, the thing about it, you know, it's a low budget movie. Oh, it's very. It, doesn't look low no. budget. I mean, I think, they did what they what they could with it, and they made it look fantastic. And that's just it. I think because of the limitations, they really elevated the material that they had. Because I really think this movie, and I went in just seeing like a little like one minute long trailer, mm-hmm. um, but it just showed enough that I was like, you know what, that looks pretty dope. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie. But I've been, you know, I've been burned before, most definitely. by expectations, especially with films like this that are catering to those 80s nostalgic sensibilities right. that we have right. which I kind of had my guard up but like I said you know with the, the mag wheels the thunder in your heart the Michael Ironside mm-hmm. all these little elements all of a sudden started coming to play and I was like fuck and it just got better and better and better and there was like more references and more and as you go it's not just it didn't it didn't rest its laurels on anything no it just kept amping everything up to the final climax and even the final climax you're like oh shit that's blah 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 and that's blah 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 blah, blah. and I see this is it I mean, yeah, dude, it was great. It just the, the way it escalated was phenomenal. Yeah. And I have to give a, sh- a special shout out to um, uh, Lawrence LeBeau, who played Apple, who was she's adorable. It was the kids' kind of love interest in this film, yeah. and she is adorable. She's really she's a cutie. She looks like a young Olivia Wilde. She did, and it took me a minute to actually identify that. But once you laid that seed, I was like, yeah. oh shit, it really does. But she plays. I don't want to say it's the manic pixie, you know, dream girl by any means, but she had an like an innocence to her yeah. where the game of tag was just like all of a sudden mess f- fun thing. Absolutely. And, and like I was telling you, she reminded me of Gadget from Chippendale's Rescue Rangers because she wore the jumpsuit. She was all eager about stuff, kind of didn't know things. Oh, no, and her, her enthusiasm was yeah. infectious. And it just made me laugh so yeah. often because she had these great little facial tics that she put into play. Now, a lot of like we said, a lot of people might find her annoying because she's That's, like, let's do this and let's go there. And hey, hey, hey. And very just optimistic about everything. But to me, it made her really endearing. Absolutely. It completely endeared me yeah. to the character where I was invested in her mm-hmm. Not, and even the relationship you know and there's a great little bit where spoiler alert the kid's parents are killed right. and he's looking up in the sky and they do that little you know what are the stars and she gives the scientific yeah. answer and he's like no my folks say that you know yeah. when a person dies their soul goes up there and, and then let's talk about the parent we already talked we already talk, broke the seal about the parents right. dying but how not I mean, how awesome was that with Total Conan? It's straight Total Conan. Full Doom. It's you actually called it early on. Yeah. You're like, oh, they're going Thulsa Doom. I'm like, really? Oh shit, they did. They did. They went full on Thulsa Doom, dude. Because it was so awesome. They give the kid a chance to, you know, basically pay comeuppance to um, to Zeus, who is mm-hmm. Michael, Michael Ironside's Ironside character, as the main bad guy, and yeah. he's the one that offs the kid's parents and sets him on the, and it's not even a path of revenge it's just it's kind happenstance of, exactly just, yeah and the, which makes it even like made, I think it made it even more sweeter you know not like I'm looking for two snakes crossed like this you know it was more like it's like <laughs> yo I'm gonna go out I'm gonna save Apple I'm gonna save my friend but holy and hey, shit shit it's, it's him you yes. know no, yeah and he actually gets that moment uh, Zeus uh, Michael Einstein's character where he recognizes him you know and Conan there's that great when um his little underlings go, you, because they recognize, you know, mm-hmm. he has that moment. He's like, ah, oh. you know, because um, the kid actually says, I'm trying to remember the quote, but he quotes what his mom said, where basically she. Oh, um, everybody has their story. This is the end of yours. Yeah, that's what that's what Zoot said. And then he goes, well, well let's make it a memorable, memorable one. one. Yeah. 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 You know, there that- was some just badass little lines like that, like total like. 
80s like uh, dry cool line, like stick around yeah, you know it's just things like that and I was almost afraid with that when I started hearing it like I was, uh, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to take me out of the movie but it didn't no it was just sparse enough yes. and it made sense and the thing about I think what the thing about it is is they made all this nostalgia and nerd factor and everything but they didn't like laugh about it no no they, they, I think definitely the tongue was a little in the cheek just a little right. but not enough that they were winking at you this, like, right. no this no, is this is the story that we're yes. telling we're making it an 80s movie this is what they did in the 80s they took shit seriously absolutely I mean yeah. even the the view there's and the, there's you get the uh, the viewfinder mm-hmm. the Rubik's Cube that plays around but the viewfinder comes in a great trope that's you know you see in a lot of films but it ultimately comes back to save him right. which was even better yeah you know? and like everything in the back the dinosaurs and the viewfinder I mean everything worked because everything kind of foreshadowed all the nerdy stuff that we like oh that's awesome came back into play yeah and that's the thing everything had its purpose and that purpose was served through one way or another in the film yeah so nothing was necessarily wasted even um aim for the eyes the throat and the genitals oh my god and then the quote yeah i'll let you say that. strike fast strike hard no mercy they they crib straight from the karate kid but not in a direct way and not in a way that's overt but unless you know the karate kid really well i mean the and actually the minute she said i started quoting along yeah you did yeah you did oh (laughs) And that was, again, that little sweet spot that they hit that I was just like, this is great, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, it wasn't overt, but it was just subtle enough that I was like, that worked. But his main weapon was the Nintendo Power Glove. It was a fucking Power Glove. It was a fucking Power Glove, dude. It's just so bad, you know? It's just like, (laughs) but let me tell you about this movie, though. We're talking about the reverence it has for the 80s. Um, It's kind of cutesy, this, that. This is a violent. It's a gory fucking film, dude. Oh, my God. I mean, like, very gory. I mean, to the -the over-the-top gore. It was so, and all practical. Yes. Which made it even that much sweeter. Every evisceration. Yes. You know, every. There was disemboweling. There was um, decapitation. There was, like, uh, people just exploding. I mean, literally, like, parts everywhere. It was so good. And just, like, it was, like. Not quite Kill Bill, where you're just shot, but it really did. It, just, there were fountains of blood. Oh, when, when that guy was pissing, and he shot him, and then as, as the as fountains of blood, down. as the fountain of blood is off his head is going in, he's falling down, and then you see this fountain of piss coming up, and then the the Australian guy goes, "Now that was a low blow," you know, a- <laughs> just like Jesus. That was it was such. I I I really can't recommend this movie. Oh yeah, to anybody is- over twenty five enough. And I think I think there's enough if you like action films, post apocalyptic. It's a good movie. You'll even you'll enjoy you'll enjoy this movie even if you're like 12, 13, right. 14. Especially if you're 12, 13, 14 and you're We're going to get back to that. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> but there's enough good shit in this movie to make it thoroughly enjoyable. But if you're over 25, oh. if you remember the 80s fondly, you are going to eat this shit up with a spoon, oh, man. Oh, it, it's unreal. There's And one of my favorite little aspects of it is it actually incorporates some really cool weaponry, which was a staple of 80s films as well. Yeah. You know, you've got, like, you know, for example, uh, Krull had the glaive, you know, and which was badass. two hammers, and he even and even looked like, like Krull when it was like, whoosh. When they were like, he had, he had the, 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 the little two hammers, and one of the guys, what's great is at the very end when they're getting ready to do the big fight, another guy has the, the, the two hammers, and then he drops it and becomes... And nunchucks! Yes! Nunchucks! Hammer nunchucks, and then there was the guy who looked like he was from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, and he had that Shaw Brothers hand yes. that could shoot, shoot with and a then little come chain back. attack. Yeah. yeah, dude, there was so much good shit in this now, movie. One of the other things is number one, uh, and we haven't really touched upon it, was the aesthetic is very it's very Road Warrior esque. Yeah, just in terms of what the, they're all wearing, but they all ride 
bikes. And that's the baddest they part of it. I loved it. Bikes. There's, like, apparently there's no gasoline or anything, but that's, and they all, and there's a variety of bikes. There's some of the like beach cruisers, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the some of the sport bikes, the sport, it's, uh, yeah. you, you get the variety. Now, one of the, um, and and the road warrior uh, Vernon Wells's Fez character, who is iconic, the Mohawk, who's coming to town. Sp- yes, for Crypticon, yeah. cannot wait. Oh, if we can get him a, oh, a sound yeah. bite with that. Um, but one of the characters, and this is the one that you actually usually see in the promotion material in the trailer, is the skull, the heavy, the skeleton yeah. face guy. He looked menacing as shit. Do you know dude. what his name is listed in the credits? What? Skeletron. Oh fuck yes, dude. And. And he had a badass weapon his, too. His weapon was the shit. It was like a robotic arm that could shoot uh, buzz saws. Yes. Oh, and he had, and it was like, and he could like, yeah. It was, it was yes, wicked as the, shit. It was amazing. And he actually, I want to give a shout out to Edwin Wright is his name because he doesn't say one word in this film. It's all through body language and, and his eyes. eyes. And he says tons with his eyes and his body language. Like when everybody, he's like, the kids like, I'm gonna kill you, and he's like. <laughs> He's miming, laughing. Oh, it was so good. And then Apple's weapon, the gnome oh, stick. The gnome stick. She goes. So basically, the kid takes a garden gnome that he finds because he's saying and telling Apple. He goes, "You got to find. If you can't find a weapon, make it." So he finds a garden gnome and a stick, and he duct tapes them together. And he goes, "Here." And she goes, "This is my gnome stick." Just like oh, just Ashen, yeah. Army so darkness, many man. like call outs. But not overly. No, no. You know, it was just done with enough reverence and respect. Like they've never heard it before. That's you know, like, that's just it. Reverence, respect. Yeah. Genuine. Yeah. That's what I got from this film. Oh, most definitely. There's oh my god. There's and there's a great you know there's a great scene where they finally take out Skeletron uh, with the umbrella and you even you're like oh shit pull it open pull it because I'm spoilers he stabs Skeletron blood going everywhere and you're like oh shit he's gonna pull it open sure as shit. Pops the umbrella open, yeah. Skeletron, yeah. and the, it's tender because he pulls, he puts the umbrella up to keep him and Apple from being rained because it's just raining, it's raining down blood, blood, and they share their first kiss. Yeah, it's and it so was so awesome. tender and yeah. awesome. And then speaking, let's go ahead and talk about some of the. I don't want to give Apple any spoilers for Apple because it really is. A it is a nice surprise. But let's say she has her own life bar. Yeah. Um. And if you're a Zelda fan, <laughs> the life bar, it's so awesome because they're, they're Zelda hearts. They are Zelda hearts. They're I mean, literally that's, Zelda hearts. And she apparently has been scouring for a while because she had like the, the two rows were full, you know. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, the sign of a true gamer if they could, you know, collect all those yeah. hearts. There's also a character's name in the in the movie called Bagu. And I was like, Bagu, why do I know that name? And that was a character from Zelda, Zelda 2. 2. And I was like, holy shit. So overt references, subtle references, they're, they're all there. Yeah. And ultimately... I, I just, I could not stop smiling no, throughout this movie. I, yeah, I was, same here. I was, I was just thoroughly, like, engaged and in love with this movie. Oh, God, yeah. And so that's, I been doing some research for this. I wanted to see, you know, what um, the writers and directors have done for this. And not a lot. Not a lot at all, actually. So I'm really hoping that this movie, because this is going to be a, this is going to, this is a movie that's going to be a cult classic. Oh, definitely. Because I can. It needs to be. If yeah. it isn't, it needs to well, be. Well, I don't really foresee it getting a lot of distribution and a lot, it's not going to get be able to be played in it's a lot gonna of It's going to have to be like geeks like us who are yes. like, we get the DVD or the VHS, we talk about it, and we're like, dude. The VHS. To, yeah. You need, you know they're going to put it on VHS. I hope dude. they do. They have this, to put it on a VHS. This truly, you know what? In the big, thick plastic clamshell. Rotten um, Reynolds, you know we're talking to you. Yeah. Let's see if we can make this happen and dude like the metal because the colors they open it up with turbo kit and it's all metallic it was with the the orange and blue stripes and then like the little bing on the oh it was so fucking sweet dude it's that tells you if if the font 
inspires that much, yeah. you know, then they're they're really doing their job. Yeah. I yeah, this is one of those that I cannot recommend enough that the if you acting have acting was good, the that, sets were good, the gore was great, the, the humor worked, the references were and great. And even the action scenes, they were not kinetic action scenes. You could see what was going on and it was well choreographed. Yes. You're not getting a lot of kung fu or anything, but you're getting some good old fashioned 80s action yeah. where you can tell what's going on. And they're all homemade weapons. So you got that guy with like um the cinder block. Oh God, as a big as ass a hammer. big ass hammer. You had the guy who had the weight on the chain swinging it around. I mean, these these bad guys, they had some shit. Absolutely. In fact, there's that scene where they're uh, at the pool party. And yes. there was a guy that he was like, you take the fat one. And the fat one, actually, he looked something out of like a Resident Evil video game. Mm-hmm. But I also took it as maybe a callback to Jason and Friday the 13th Part 2. Two, with the when he bag. had the burlap sack. So there's a, maybe that's not their intent, but shit, people like us, that's what we pull from it. Right. And is that right or wrong? It doesn't matter. It worked. Absolutely. It totally worked. And that's a credit to the filmmakers. Yeah. Um, I really hope they get more work or, you know, whatever they end up doing, uh, whether it's another homage movie. Mm-hmm. And this is good original material. Yes. You this, know? I mean, we say how they're taking from everything, but they they done it so well that it's yeah. this is their movie absolutely this is the, their love letter to the 80s yeah and the, you know there's there's the other films that have come out there's like that kung fury that i've seen you know bits for and it looks more of like a 90s callback kind of mm-hmm. like how manborg was a little bit of 80s and yeah. 90s but the, the people that do that that is it's genuine it's it's reverent you know that are not doing it tongue completely in cheek where it's more ironic winking this is just more like you know what no this is what we grew up on let's we, make a movie that we enjoyed back yeah, in the day absolutely yeah. absolutely and I'm glad I'm so glad that we had the chance to see this because this was fucking awesome this yeah this was one of those moments that I'm very happy that you know where again membership does have its privileges <laughs> because otherwise we wouldn't we'd no. have to wait yeah and again if we were if we were lucky maybe one of our we've got some great theaters here Screenland Alamo that could maybe taken a movie like this yeah. but but it'll only be there for like a week absolutely and then probably schedule wise we not be able to see it no absolutely but yeah. this is a movie yeah so if I mean plays in your town or if you get a chance to see it, let us know. If yeah. we get a copy, we'll invite you over. Oh, absolutely. Because this <laughs> this is a movie that demands to be seen with a crowd mm-hmm. of like minded people because yeah. you will be cheering. You will be you'll be hyped beyond all belief. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Um in terms of so we are without a doubt recommending this movie mm-hmm. do what you can to see it do not illegally download it make sure you're supporting no. these filmmakers support absolutely make sure they are getting your money your yeah. support um because it's very well deserved now that being said you mentioned earlier about the 12 year old aspect would a 12 year old dig it well let me tell you something <laughs> let me tell you something brother let- As, oh, <laughs> we'll <get> my- <laughs> i'm gonna hulk out here Ooh, yeah when i was 12 I the thing that hit me with this movie was I this is a movie that I played that I that I basically did when I was 12 because when I was 12 I was very lucky enough to live within the vicinity of number 1 a kickass playground that had all sorts of good shit to climb on to fortify yourself in mm-hmm. I was also very close to a John Deere tractor equipment place and so there were just tractors everywhere you know we couldn't drive them by any means but let me tell you a little imagination they're death machines, right? Right. And Killdozer. so, oh fuck yeah, they're killdozers. <laughs> they're, oh my god! And so, what we used to do was, you know, we would we had a shit ton of guns, a shit fake guns, not not the ones we were getting into the cabinet for, <laughs> right? But we had our fake guns, we had our fake swords and everything, and we would just go around the town and play. And see, that's when you can have things that looked real. Oh yeah, no, there were no red caps on these. No. The, like the Mac Ten I had was the t- you could take it apart. It had the clip, had the little clip. thing, it had a silencer. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Uh, but we, we lucked out. One day where 
we were um, at the playground, so there's a school right next to it. In the dumpster, we look and we find all this cool shit falling out of it. And the cool shit was this, is they were apparently clearing things out, like making room for the new stuff. So we found sports equipment and music equipment, okay? Now, sports equipment, we found a bunch of catcher's gear, okay? Baseball catcher's gear. So, number one, we had the catcher's mask. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you something. In the post-apocalyptic world, you need a catcher's mask. Fuck yeah. We also found an overabundance of, uh, it was basically, it was the knee and leg braces for catchers as well, Uh which you can throw on, looks kick-ass, but if you put it on your arm, it becomes almost like a man-at-arms gauntlet, (laughs) where all of a sudden, it was basically a power glove, where you could shoot things, you know, you thought you shot things. So we were geared up with all that stuff, and one of the greatest things with the music equipment was there was a music stand, okay? Straight bar with three little stands at the bottom so it was a stand but they could fold up okay now what we would do then is if you just did it in a flinging motion those three things popped out like that dude that is your extender you know right. explosive then we also had trident. oh it was an amazing <laughs> trident and we also had a um it was basically a sheet music stand uh-huh. but if you folded it up it basically looked like a crossbow and so we had this amazing cavalcade of weapons no shit and we went cra- and we were on our I was on a Haro FST, and let me tell you something for your BMXers out there. That was some good shit back in the day, because <laughs> Haro had the Haro FSX, which was their lowest rated bike, the FST, which was the step up, which I had, and then there was the Haro Sport and the Haro Master. I never got to that level, but I had a pretty kick-ass freestyle bike, and here I am dressed full-on post-apocalyptic with... So I'm watching this movie going, holy shit, I've played this before, man. <laughs> like, I, I thought I was like having some sort of like really bad, like, you know, like... Deja vu. Yes. Like, Somebody like... Who's like, fucking watching me? Genius, pinch me, man. What's going on here? Because this is the kind of shit that we played. Yeah. And that's what made it so much sweeter for me was like, this is the stuff that I envisioned in my head when I was a 12. And now as a 38-year-old man, it makes it that much better. Yeah. So I was just I was just in just heaven huh. with this. So, yeah, this is, I, you know, it's in many ways, just that just means that, you know, whether you're 12, you're 38, 48, I don't care. This is a movie this that is hopefully movie. will hit the sweet spots yeah. for you. I think it's going to work better, like we were talking about, for older people who, yeah. who are there and can get the references. But if for, I mean, if you showed a kid who, like, never seen anything but, like, movies today. Sure. Like, check this shit out. They're going to dig it. You can set them on the right track with yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? We haven't really even talked about the fact that Turbo Kid is a playoff of Turbo Man, which was a comic that the Turbo Kid collected, and right. he ultimately found it. He found it. He's, it was total like Power Rangers. It he was found str- the, yes. the Yeah. And that's... It's, oh, and the, when he got into the place to find the thing, he touched that little orb that... Uh, what's it called? The, not Tesla coil. Ah, uh, no, um, but it's the kind Newton's of Newton's orb or something. Kind you of would of, see, you it see Spencer's, Spencer's, and you would touch it, and it would kind of make your hair grow. So he touched it, and everything powers up, and then there's like the army guy... You're our last resort, and oh, you need to take care. And like he gets in, and then he does that, and then like sparkles, like, ping! And, like and he even does like little poses and mm-hmm, shit. And it's, yes, it's 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 one of those. If I'll say this, if you can't watch this and enjoy it, I don't know if I want to have it. no soul. Right, right. Yeah, it's just right. you know, it's just not. It's not. It's it. Watch it. Yeah, enjoy it. it. And you know what? If for those of you who are like, oh well, I don't know the people who are because this is a, ultimately this is a horror podcast. Yes, but this is gory as oh, fuck. You're a gorehound will get. I mean, this, this is, is Raimi esque. Really, yeah. This is like Peter Jackson back in the day levels. Yeah, of this gore. is bad taste gore. Not it, bad taste. Is like it's in bad taste. No, no, Peter Jackson's bad taste. Yeah, I mean, there's it, just blood, guts. Um, there's that great scene when Skeletron is on the exercise bike pulling, and he's pulling, he's yeah. pulling the guts out of the, yeah. one of the characters. And I don't want to spoil. This one, but one of my favorite ones was when he um, 
he shoves a guy, he impales a guy with like a shovel, and then he falls on the shovel. The oh, the, the kid falls on the shovel, and the shovel thump, flips the half of the man, half of the guy, his upper half on top of another bad guy, and both of them are like, ah, ah, ah. The it's, one guy's like freaking out because he's got another guy on him, and he's trying to fumble around. Meanwhile, the other guy on top's fumbling around because he's in half. It's, it's this so perverse good. totem pole, basically. Yeah, it is so good. And there was that one great scene when uh, the, uh, the the arm wrestling loner pulls that guy's jaw off and then stabs him in the eyes yes. with the jaw. So yeah, yeah trust me, gorehounds, you will have a feast with this yeah, one. No, this I mean, is such a good this movie. This is again, you know, we're, we're, we're it's funny because we, we think we're going to wrap it up and then we think about something else, right. which tells you just what kind of movie this is. This mm-hmm. is one of those that... Highly, highly, highly recommended. Yeah, I can't recommend this enough honestly. You'll have a lot of fun with that. So, um, until next time, we will be ideally seeing you in your dreams as we are the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. My name is Greg. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams.